welcome to the Building Spiritual Capacity podcast, where we're building immovable disciples through prayer, study, and action. This is the sixth episode of the podcast. In our last episode, we talked about having faith like Abraham and how this type of faith is the foundational principle upon which we build our spiritual capacity. We ask God through purposeful prayer to guide us as we intensely study His Word. And then when we are inspired through His Word, through His Holy Spirit, we, through faith, act on God's promptings. And that will help us to become better disciples, better able to love God and love our neighbors. One of the key guiding principles to loving God and loving our neighbors comes from what is often referred to as the golden rule. And in this episode, we'll focus on what the golden rule means and how it can help us to become better disciples. The scriptural passages we'll use for this particular episode are Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and then Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Our points to ponder are, number one, how does Jesus expect his disciples to treat others? And then in what ways can you improve your treatment of others at home, at work, or in your community? So as you study, as you have studied um, these passages, and now coming to the podcast to hear some com- my, my commentary on why I chose these passages for this program, now, these are the points that we were, we were looking at. How does the golden rule help us to treat others differently and in the way that Jesus wants us to do so? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Here Jesus is concluding his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he's given many great instructions. Again, I've mentioned before, uh, and I frequently do that of course I believe this is the greatest sermon ever given and if you really if you read no other scriptures in my mind in your life if you just read these three chapters Matthew's chapters 5 6 and 7 the sermon on the mount you could you could live a pretty good life as a disciple of Jesus Christ uh, having faith in him these three chapters alone now of course don't only read these chapters uh, you there's many other main amazing things that we'll see uh, throughout the Bible, but uh, amazing, uh, amazing sermon, very succinct but very powerful, uh, things to live by that will help you to be uh, a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Jesus uh, finishes concluding, he's talking about, uh, he's been talking about prayer in the verses prior to this. We use some of these verses for our first uh, our, our episode on purposeful prayer, talking about how God and understanding God uh, is able to give us according to what is best for us, to give us good gifts. It may not be exactly what we're wanting, but according to God's wisdom, when we ask for, for things, he will give us what is best for us. Uh, and then after he's discussing how God will treat us, He wants us to understand how to treat each other. He says in verse 12, it says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. 
we've heard the golden rule. This is, this is what's referred to as the golden rule. The golden rule is, has been taught to us since we were children. Treat others the way we would want to be treated is essentially how, uh, how we interpret that in, in our common language or common vernacular. Recently, a colleague of mine posted an inspirational thought to show us that this, this principle, although is 2,000 years old according to uh, this particular record, uh, is is not uh, is even older than that, and it it goes and is is talked about in various religious backgrounds and settings. This is a almost a universal principle. If you look in in religious communities and ways to live your life, treat others as you would want to be treated. Um, and and for a long time, that's how I read it, with that level of depth. But in recent years, as I've studied relationships. And as I have taught people how to maintain their relationships and to strengthen their relationships, I think this principle is even deeper than how I usually usually read it. Now, many of you are probably smarter than I am, and you've always read it this way. But in this very simple statement, Jesus tells us uh, how God understands his children. He understands that we are... Uh, we are selfish beings, uh, that we, by nature, we have this uh, natural man, if you will, that will, that will guide us to do things to, to take care of ourselves and to make things easier for ourselves and to make things better for ourselves. And there's certain ways that we like things to happen. Uh, this idea, in terms of relationships, especially in a marriage relationship, is, is, um, is used by Dr. Gary Chapman in his book, The Five Love Languages, uh, where he teaches people, and I won't get into all the details, but he basically teaches us that it's important for us to understand how our spouse feels love and that there's one particular way that our spouse, if you're married, or your children, if you have children, or uh, whoever it might be, your, your parents, those that you're interacting with, they like to be treated in a certain way. And there's a very specific way in which they like to be to be treated and to and to feel loved, and it's important for us, imperative for us, at, as someone who's in a relationship with this person, to understand that and then to show them love and to show them and to treat them in the way that they want to be treated, instead of the way that we want to be treated. So, what I refer to it now is the is the platinum rule. You know, we talk about having the gold standard for years growing up. I'd see credit card commercials or. Uh, commercials for some sort of dining club or something uh, of that nature. I don't know if those exist anymore, but uh, dining clubs, but the, there's these cards or there's these clubs and if, and it was the gold standard. This is the gold standard and that meant it was the highest. It was the elite. It was the best quality standard. But now it seems like platinum is the standard. Uh, so I like to refer to the golden rule now as the platinum rule. The golden rule is just treat, treat other people nicely, right? Treat other people nicely, but the platinum rule really focuses on on yourself. How do you, in the sense that you like to be loved in a certain way and you want people to treat you in that certain way and therefore, with that understanding, when you, when you are working with and serving and helping other people, you help them in the way that they want to be helped, not in the way that you want to be helped. Again, I'll go back to this love language example. And I'll give you an uh, example from my life and my relationship. Uh, one, of the, one of the love languages is quality time. And 
And for every person, quality time could mean something very different than to somebody else. So in my case with my marriage, my wife loves to spend quality time with me. And her definition of quality time is just hanging out on the couch, um, having the security of me being there with her, having the uh, the comfort of us just just being there, relaxing, hanging out, uh, being together. We could be watching TV. We could each be reading separate books. Whatever it is, that's what she likes. She also likes, as part of that, she likes a secondary love language, which is physical touch. Uh, in other words, she likes intentional touch from me to her. Uh, now, this is a non-sexual physical touch, uh, should point out. Uh, but she wants me to put my hands on her, uh, whether that is uh, on her feet, rubbing her feet, or even just putting my hands on her on her feet. That helps her to feel loved. Uh, she also feels loved if if I'm um, you know rubbing her back, or again just something that shows that I am intentionally paying it. I'm paying attention to her, and I am. Uh, showing her that, that, that she means something to me and that I'm appreciating this time spending together with her quality time. Uh, now, my definition of quality time would be going out to a meal together. I like to, to eat and uh, I like to be out and, and enjoying the atmosphere of a restaurant. So for me, quality time would be that we get, we get, to, uh, that we get to go out together, have a meal, a good meal, uh, and we're talking to each other. Uh, and commenting on the things that are going on around us, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That, that for me, is, is quality time. So if I'm going to treat my wife in the way that she wants to be treated, then I'm not going to take her out to a restaurant and we're going to sit and talk. That's not quality time for her. Uh, I, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch a show and, and intentionally um, have physical touch with her. So... This is, this is the key principle here. The, the, the elementary level is be nice to everybody uh, because we want them to be nice to us, so we, we're going to be nice to them. But when we get into more of the, the graduate level or the elite level or the platinum level, we're going to really understand our audience. We're going to understand who we're serving and who we're helping, and then we're going to help them in the way they want to be helped not uh, and treat them in the way they want to be treated, not do it in the way that is most convenient for us or uh, is, is, the way that w- is the way that we would like to be treated. We're going to focus on them. It's really an outward focus. But understanding that's how we would want to be treated. I would want my wife, if she wants to spend quality time with me and she's like, hey, I, I want to spend time quality time with my husband, then she's going to take me out to a restaurant and we're going to go get some food and we're going to talk because she wants to show me that quality time in my uh, according to my understanding of the way I want it to be, not in the way that she wants it to be. So knowing your audience is key for the golden rule. Let me also describe to you that we have, we have another audience that, we, that we're focusing on. When we serve others, uh, there's, there's also another second or third order effect, as we, as we say, there's, a, there's a, another audience that we have here. And let me describe this to you from a a passage from Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is uh, speaking again. This is towards the end of his life. So as opposed to the beginning of his ministry, now he's at the end of his ministry uh, towards the end. He says, "Uh, Then shall the king say 
unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto, unto me? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Again, a powerful scripture and an example of exactly what we're talking about here with this golden rule, the platinum rule, however you want to refer to it. At the end of days, Jesus is talking about when we're being judged, when the righteous are being judged and looked at and and um, and, and examining, I guess, how they've, how they've accomplished the things that, that God has asked them to do. He says, because you have followed me, you've done these things. And these things are, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You gave me drink when I was thirsty. When I was sick, you visited me. Uh, particularly pointing, I guess, at this time, when we think about all of the people that are having a hard time with this uh, coronavirus here in 2020 as I record this episode. But then the righteous, the righteous will be up there and they'll, be, they'll say, well, what? How what I you know we never had any interactions with you. Um, when did when did we do these things for you? And he said, Well, you didn't do it for me, specifically. But when you did it to somebody else, it was as if you were doing it for me. So God expects us to serve others in His way, not not necessarily just in our way. And and our goal by studying the scriptures by building our spiritual capacity is to really understand who God is, how he operates, how he works, and then to to serve others in the way that he would want to be served. Jesus exemplified this principle of doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not only that, but he also not only did he live it, but he also taught it in various places during his ministry. Uh, you may recall, if you listen to the introductory podcast for this Building Spiritual Capacity program, you'll remember we referred to Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, as part of our vision for this uh, program. As we build our spiritual capacity, we'll have greater ability to love God and love our neighbors. And in fact, in those passages, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. He also taught this principle in various other settings, uh, in one form or another. But in particular, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan shows us how to implement this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. This parable, in, we're, we're reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. And it says, And Jesus said, answering, said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, which wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So he's walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. He is, this man is attacked. He's robbed, 
and he has been left for dead on the side of the road. Verse 31, And by chance there came down a certain priest by that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So here comes the priest. This is the holy man of God. This is the person who knows the law. And we didn't mention it earlier, but the Old Testament also shares this principle, this idea of the golden rule. Love thy neighbor as thyself. The same thing that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22. And this priest who should know the law, who should not only know it, but should want to live the law to its fullest, saw the man sitting on uh, the side of the road and walks by. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine today, and, and especially right now as we, in the history of our world, as we see this, uh, this coronavirus uh, pandemic raging across the world, can you imagine a man of God just walking away? Now, in this case, probably a good idea to put on some personal protective equipment if you're going to help somebody. But if they're lying in the street half dead, man, help out and then worry about the infection later. But uh, here this priest is, this supposedly important person in society, this person who should be ministering and helping, just walks on the other side. Then, in verse 32, we see that likewise a Levite when he uh, saw him also, so another, another person who is of religious, uh, a, a religious nature, Levites were on, the only ones allowed to work in the temple and to do the sacrifices. Uh, this was established way back in the time of Moses, when the law of Moses was there. God, God designated the tribe of Levi to be the people who work in the temple, they were, or the tabernacle which later becomes the temple, Solomon's temple, and the, uh, the temple in Jerusalem at this time. They're the only ones allowed to work in there. Uh, they go into the, holy of, the holiest of places, again, demonstrating that they are men of God. But uh, this Levite, again, him, he himself, being this holy man of God, uh, who who administers in the temple the ordinance ordinances for the people he just walked by leaves him on the side of the road unbelievable unbelievable and jesus uses these as the example in his parable because he's pointing out that that just because you your status shows that you're a, a, an important person or a, a or a, a holy person that doesn't mean you're behaving in a holy manner. And this is Jesus' also one of his biggest issues uh, with the, the religious leaders of his time is that you say you're, you're good, but you don't demonstrate that you're good. So the Levite passes by again. Now, now comes the Samaritan, verse 33. But a, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Samaritans were an outcast group of people. They were people who were um, had a, a mixed blood, so they were not they were not covenant people, uh, the people of Israel. But they were uh, they were mixed, so that some of the children of Israel, perhaps due to the various captivities that Jerusalem experienced over the years, uh, had married and had children with people who were not of of the covenant. They were, um, and so therefore this, this group of people, the Samaritans, were 
outcast from the Jewish society, from from the the, the society in Jerusalem, the religious elite, the religious uh, right, the righteous people, quote unquote. These Samaritans were not of that class. So Jesus is pointing out to the people that are of the higher class, the religious people that are supposed to be uh, doing good. They didn't do anything, but this person who is an outcast, this person who is unclean, who is not part of the covenant, this par- person stops and helps this wounded person. Not only does he help, but he does a few things. He binds up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he's set him on his own beast, his own animal, whatever the Samaritan, however the Samaritan was traveling, it sounds like with a, a mule or a horse or something of that, of that nature. Scripture doesn't elaborate. And then he brings him to an inn, takes him to a place where he can rest. Then he took care of them in the inn. Now, even though apparently the Samaritan had had places to be, he, he needed to do something. And so even if we give the benefit of the doubt to the priest and the Levite that, hey, they had other places to be that for whatever reason was more important than taking care of this wounded person, the Samaritan also seems to have something that he needs to be doing because he stays and he helps and takes care of him at the inn, but at a certain point he has to leave. So verse 35 says, And on the morrow when he departed, he took out a two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So then he, after he takes care of him that night, goes to the clerk, gives the clerk some money and says, Look, whatever you need to take care of this guy, he is wounded, take care of him. Here's some money. I will come back and I will check on, on him. And if you spend more money to take care of him than I've left you, I'll bring you I will bring you the money uh, to repay you. Again, this unholy, if you will, person is doing what Jesus wants us all to do. Then Jesus asked the people, he says, Which one of the three was neighbor unto the one that fell among the thieves? Which one was the best one? Who did the, who did the right thing? And then he said, He that showed mercy on them, on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. So Jesus um, again teaches us beautifully in this parable how we should be treating others. We should treat them in, in the way that they want to be treated. We should show love unto them because this is one of the two great commandments. As we do that, we will be blessed and we will be lifted. And in our whatever the relationships might be, whether it's uh, family relationships, whether it's in our communities, I, I'm just trying to think back to my own life and, and to think, was there any ever a time where I didn't feel better after having helped somebody in the way that they want to be help, helped? Now, this is a little bit of a challenge sometimes because sometimes we help for the wrong reason. We help because we want to get something out of it. We help because uh, there's something in it for us. I, that's really the challenge. Jesus is not asking us to do unto others as you would have them do unto you because they're go- then they're going to be nice to you. No, he says just do it in the way they want it to be done. Without expectation, and this is a huge thing, especially in marriage, because sometimes we do things with the expectation that someone is going to respond in a certain way. And many times, 
at least in my life, that doesn't happen. People don't respond exactly as you would want them to respond. And therefore, you, you, you've done the service, you've helped them, and then they don't respond the way you want them to, and then you get mad about it. And then it kind of just ruins the whole thing. But if we go in, we understand our audience, we serve them in the way they want to be served, without any expectation, that is the platinum standard in my mind. And I believe that's what Jesus is teaching us with this golden rule. And my prayer would be that we, we follow his example and we really serve each other and help each other. This time in the time of the world, more than any other uh, would be appropriate. But every time, every day, all the time, we should be serving and treating each other in the way that we want to be treated. The principle of immediate action associated with this theme that we were focused on was find someone who is difficult to work with and to provide them with Christ-like service. In particularly, we were looking to do that without them perhaps knowing that it was you, if possible. But hopefully you found somebody to, to serve and, and that you focus on someone that was difficult to serve. Jesus encourages us to pray for those that despitefully use us, uh, pray for our enemies, to love our enemies, to love people that are hard to love and that uh, that was kind of the focus here for this week find that person serve them help them again without without any expectation they may or may not have responded well to those uh, to that service but you did it because this is what Jesus expects of us for our next episode we're going to focus on the good news of Jesus Christ and his life his ministry his sacrifice that he lived and that he died to wash away our sins, that we may live with God. Now, uh, again, as I record this podcast, we're approaching the time of Easter. This is Passion Week. And so the scriptural passages come from Luke chapters 19 through 23. Really, you could open up your aperture of study uh, away from just these ver- uh, chapters. It is more than we've looked at in previous weeks in terms of the amount of reading and studying. But as you go through those chapters, you'll see what happened in the last week of Jesus' life. All of these little events, these major events, these important events that happened in his life uh, leading up to his eventual crucifixion and his resurrection. This is the good news. This is the message, the whole purpose and point of studying these things, the whole purpose and point of Jesus' life was culminated in this moment that we may live with God in heaven thanks to his sacrifice. I pray that it's a sacred time for you as you study these events and these chapters. Points to ponder. How does Jesus, how does his sacrifice bless your life currently? How does it help you to give you strength and give you hope, especially in a time of Uh, trial and crisis that you may be experiencing at this time. The action is to write down for your family, members and friends, so that they can read, whether that's this week or they read it in the future, your own personal uh, belief in, in the importance of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, what that means to you. Write it down and then share it with those, with others, is the action for this week. Until next time, Remember to trust God and do His will.